you silence yourself? I did. I did. <laughs> I, I then I realized that I was introducing the show. All right. Hi, everyone. Thank you for listening to the Bloody Podcast. Uh, I am Laurie Roggenkamp, and I am joined, as always, by our by my wonderful co-host Maria Felix and our fabulous resident guest Cash Abdumalik. Hey, hey, hey! Let's go. So we left off on part one of the bully mur- murder. And Laurie, I hope you listened because we are not going to go. Okay, good. We're not going to go over anything. If you guys haven't listened, go back and listen to the first one because otherwise all the names in this aren't going to make any sense. And it's already hard to keep up with all the names and all the goss. Give yourself a treat. Check it out. Yeah. <laughs> I I also uh, I just want to throw out some more Street Fighter references. Oh, this well, is exciting so. because they were Mortal Kombat references. Thank oh, you Mortal Kombat. I thought it was a, Street Fighter. There's a big Ooh. fucking difference. Wow. Big diss. Okay. Big, difference. big diss All there. Right. All right. Well, then I hold on. I got to and I have Mortal Kombat. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> there you go. And they're the same. They're going to yeah. be the same. <laughs> they're basically the same. This is good. That way I can just do all the Street Fighter names in that fashion now. <laughs> Ryu. All right. We're revved up. We're revved up and we're ready to go. And I'm going to pull up my browser window. Because that's a side for act. <laughs> you know what? You ruined the momentum in this way already. You did I don't think so. I think we're going to kick some ass. Okay, we're okay. Set. Here we go. I'm doing sound effects of you opening your browser. One browser. So, <laughs> so we last left off after meeting Derek Cervico, Lisa Connolly's cousin. He's hanging out at 360 Comics with his legion of tween fans, watching him dominate. At Mortal Kombat. The tweens in the movie were so funny. Yeah. So funny. Lisa asked him for a ride over to Marty's, and they took off. When they got there, Bobby was there, of course. Lisa went inside with Marty and left Derek outside until Bobby came out and told him that he wanted to show him something. And then Derek knew Bobby because he had met him a couple of times now since, you know, like Lisa and Marty are dating. Mm. He didn't like him. He thought he he found him weirdly aggressive. Fair. Yes. And yeah. He started doing steroids at twelve. Yeah. <laughs> it's unexplained where the steroids come from with Bobby. It's like who gave you the steroids? Yeah. So he's quickly. Also, like extremely in the closet. Like he's you guys you guys talked about this too, but he's yeah. also like de- almost definitely gay and in Ooh. love with Marty. A hundred percent. It's yeah. like weird sadist love. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm not. <laughs> <clears throat> and so so he found him weirdly aggressive, and right on cue, Bobby played him his Rough Boys videotape. Ah, Rough Boys. <laughs> I like boys being rough. Do you recall that's the one where they pay the guy from the Y to sodomize himself, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, Derek was not into it. And Bobby tried to get aggressive, but Derek, not a fighter, but certainly not a runt, squared up on Bobby and told him that shit was weird and he was going to wait outside. Yeah, that's like when, I don't know if you guys ever had when that rash of videos of bump fights was super popular. Ugh. And you had guys wanting to show you bump fights and you were just like, so this is it? You just bump, like... Yeah, people who are homeless fighting each other for yes. cash. That's what. Yeah, but it's funny. How is it funny? And it's just like it's 
staring at somebody being like, so we're never going to talk again. All right, great. (laughs) I mean, humanity is always like, love that shit, you know? Like, fights to the death were like entertainment. Since the Coliseum days. I don't know. I don't. And it's, we're sitting here talking about true crime. What, how, how much better are we? Than the men and women who watch bum fights. Are you not entertained? <laughs> I would like to think we're semi better. I would like, I don't know. We'll see. Post a comment. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> yeah, we'll see at the end of this episode. Yeah. Jesus. So on his way out, he heard Marty yelling at Lisa in the kitchen to get the fucking money and take care of it. He saw Marty squeezing Lisa's, Lisa's wrists. And he shouted for him to let her go. And as they left, Marty and Bobby taunted Lisa from the doorway, saying, Bye bye, Shamu. On the... Bye bye, Shamu. Yeah. Remember, they called her that a lot. Oh, that's right. I did it Lost Boy Scout. On the drive, Derek tried to understand why Lisa didn't just tell Marty to fuck off. But Lisa threw another one of her tantrums. Um, Basically being like, I'm pregnant, you don't understand. And told Derek to drop her back off at the mall. She needed to find someone to lend her money for the abortion. At the mall. Oh my god. Where would you go? Like Orange Julius? Like what would you, <laughs> Hot dog on a stick? <laughs> yeah, she went to all those places. Hot dog on a stick. I mean, that's... Yeah. <laughs> she... Hey, can I get a hot dog on a stick? Also, can I take this tip jar for an abortion? Is that something that you guys would allow? I guess. <laughs> 43 cents? Ugh. All yeah. Right. I'm going to have to go to more places. Yeah. Lisa spent the rest of the day panhandling for money at the mall. And she went home at 10 p.m. with $9. <laughs> oh, my God. She sucks at everything. I mean, oh it's money. God. Like, it's just like this concept of, like, you can't just get money. Is not like a thing to them because they always just had money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, upon seeing the state of her, her mom once again threatened to send her brother after Marty, but Lisa bawled and declared her undying love for him until her mom relented, saying she didn't understand her, and maybe she didn't want to. I don't understand you, Lisa, and maybe I don't want to. <laughs> and the TV was never like below. 20 decibels when she was doing this like, yeah this family i, I was just listening to the last episode this family seems like they just have the tv going non-stop oh yeah oh yeah you can't miss the news mm-hmm. every hour on the hour or maury that night in her room lisa cried and thought of marty she thought of how he and bobby made fun of her as she left and how he had said, I love you, that one time they had sex. Like, out of the many times they had sex and all this, all this fucking time, there's only been the one time where I actually said, I love you doing sex, if at all, you know? Hmm. And of everything else that was so utterly perfect about him. She knew one thing about Marty that she didn't love, though. She hated Bobby. Bobby was the bad seed. He was always beating Marty up making fun of him, and making Marty treat others badly, including her. If Bobby was gone, Marty would love her so much more. Facts. <laughs> Clearly. Because <laughs> as we all know, the personality of somebody is always changed by not changing their personality in any way, shape, or form. 
That's right. It's by taking away their best friend. Yeah. That always that always does nothing but solidify that they're going to change for the better. Well, she knows Marty loves her more than he loves her best friend, but she just has to prove it. The next morning, after her mom had left for work, she called Marty. He asked her if she had gotten the money, and after only hearing she only got $9, <laughs> he complained that abortions cost $350, Lisa. That's like, that's like 300 that's like, that's like a lot more money. <laughs> 12 days later. That's like $341 less than what you need, man. I asked my dad to calculate it. <laughs> I tried. It was no problem. That's Bobby's dad. Shit. And then he's not, like, once again, does not have an accent. For this, for all intensive purposes. <laughs> Insulting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Guys, I just want to point out that neither I nor Maria stand by the sex. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Not for this man. Not for Fred. It's a cash co. <laughs> cash co? Yeah. What's a cash co? Cash company. It's what we do. All right. Nah, so, never mind the abortion, Lisa said. She had a plan. He, could he pick her up and they talk at North Beach? She wanted to tell him the plan in person. So after watching him surf for a while, Lisa sat with Marty in the sand and asked him about Bobby. Do you think Bobby's weird? Why? Weird how? Weird. Like, weird. Like that guy in Sleeping with the Enemy, the psycho guy who was married to Julia Roberts. He was always washing his hands all the time like Bobby does. Yeah, he's kind of weird like like that. So what? Why do you let Bobby treat you the way he does? What? Why do you let Bobby treat you like he does? Hit you and stuff and make fun of you? He disses you right to your face in front of everybody. Shrug. <laughs> Lisa told him that Derek thought that they were queer for each other. <gasps> and Marty got defensive. She paused and then told him that she loved him and didn't want Bobby hurting him. Marty opened up and said, Lisa, <laughs> Bobby and me, this shit with Bobby. What? Goes back to when we were kids, Lisa. <sighs> Little kids. Bobby has always been like this to me. He's always beat the shit out of me. When he felt like it, he, he punched me out and shit. <laughs> There's a goddamn thing I could do about it. I used to... <clears throat> I used to beg my fucking parents to let us move someplace else. You can move away yourself. How? I'm not even a high school graduate. Yeah, I know. Tell me about it. So there's no way to stop him? Ever? Yeah. There's a way to stop him. Kill him. But that's about it. That's what I was thinking. Actors. You guys... Have never performed worse. We did. We did it. <laughs> we did it on show. purpose. We did it on purpose because they're bad people. <laughs> Thespians. It's my fault. <laughs> I shouldn't have made it a cold read. No. <laughs> you know what? I like that you're. I like that you're straight with us. That's what I like. I like that you're. You know what? <laughs> Sugarcoat it. You know. <laughs> no. That was I mean, bad. No, I felt like I was 
Lisa for a second. You I know felt what? like I became her. I, and she's not a very uh, she's not an in depth person. So we could know. go that. Yeah, we yeah. we'll go with that. I did it bad. She's on not purpose. a very in depth person. You're right. Yeah, you're totally right. I'm also gonna say that um, you know the groundlings. They've told me no several times, so I'm just saying you get what you pay for. So, at first, Marty didn't believe her, but she kept on. Bobby was the problem; he was always dissing everyone, beating Marty up, and he was even too weird for Allie. And Allie loved everything. Marty got excited, falling in love with the idea. They talked about how they would do it. They could shoot him or get a hitman. Lisa, Lisa told Marty that Lisa's mo- her mom had a gun, Dang. and she would take it for them to use. Marty was so happy, and Lisa was elated. She had never she she had never known this type of happiness. They went back to Marty's and had sex until Marty's parents came home. And then he went and dropped her off. Oh yeah. Once Lisa was home, she called Allie over in Palm Bay to tell her the plan. She said she needed help baiting Bobby so she could kill him. Allie was into the idea, but it's not like she was the biggest fan of Bobby's, and she really didn't seem to be taking it seriously. Allie then left to go pick up Donnie at his place. The latest Donnie that he's high and chilling with his dog in the yard, and his mom was planning a birthday party for him with cake and everything, he said, like a party for a little kid. Allie told him about helping her friend kill this dude and asked if he wanted to come with. Donnie asked several stone times if she was... Wait, am I on the right one? Yeah, I am. Donnie asked several stoned times if she was serious. You serious? Yeah. That was the big change. You serious? Yeah. Yeah. Are you serious? Yeah. Well, are you for real? Yeah. You're not for real. Yeah. You serious? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that is, that's literally, guys. That was a phone recording. We didn't. We didn't. That's audio from the actual thing. We didn't. This isn't like staged or anything. No, right? that was them. Yeah, we forgot to say it in the beginning, but that was them. <laughs> so yeah, he said cool, went inside and fetched his knife and told his little brother to tell mom that he'd be back in a few days in time for the party. Then he took off with Allie to pick up Heather, who they found hanging out outside of Blockbuster Video, as usual. Meanwhile, Lisa and Marty were fucking more than ever. Marty was treating Lisa differently now, with what might be even considered respect. The more she talked about killing Bobby, the more he seemed to love her. She had become his savior the only one clever enough to know how to escape Bobby's grasp over him. A few hours later, they all met at Lisa's and headed to the local pizza hut. Claudia was working that night. You guys remember Claudia? Yes. Yeah. As she sat them down, Lisa told Claudia that they were, quote, into some heavy shit here. And then once the pizzas and Pepsi had been ordered, Lisa led the meeting. They talked about the different ways they could kill Bobby. A break-in and a stabbing was out because of the security around the house, and they couldn't physically beat Bobby, 
because he was too strong. A drive-by shooting was too loud. But Lisa's mom had a gun, and they decided that was the best recourse. Back at Lisa's house, Lisa showed them the gun, and then they planned on how to bait Bobby. Donnie had to be reminded a couple of times of what they were doing. The way we do it again? Yeah. <laughs> I think the thing that I, well, what I, one of the things I like from the movie is that they kind of, I feel like, really represent just the adolescence that the these kids have. Absolutely. And, like, the mindset. Yeah. Where, like, these kids, like, when they're planning it, they're very, it's very much just like, I can be a part of this because only, I'm not going to be doing the murder. Somebody else is going to be doing the murder. So I'm not at fault here. Like, yeah. Even though I'm in the, I'll be in the car, I'll be involved. Like, it's like going to pick up a pizza and you're like, I don't have to pay for it because I'm not eating it sort of thing. So, yeah. 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 That's yeah. the way that they react to it. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just like that's it's crazy how much of that mindset they have because like they're young. Don't get me wrong. But like they're still all above 17. And yeah. they still have that mindset of like it's not real either. They just like keep thinking like it's like guns and robbers. Yeah. You know, Um, because I guess they they weren't used to real consequences. So anyway, Lisa suggested that Allie, who had, if you remember, just been or just been raped by Bobby, offer to have sex with him. She could take Allie could take Bobby out into the new to the new canals in Weston and do it there. Marty argued that sex wouldn't be enough of a reason for Bobby to leave with Allie to the Barons, but Allie thought that the promise of sex plus Getting to dog out her Mustang on the gravel would be tempting. So Marty called Bobby up and told him that he was hanging out with Lisa and Allie was there asking about him. Allie got on the phone and flirted with Bobby, made the offer, and Bobby agreed. Then Allie changed into a tube top and the skirt. And then Lisa stuffed the gun into her tube top. It's a bad place for a gun. Yeah, it, she's a, a rail thin, too. Yeah. Like, what's that? Uh, it's my third tat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the metal tat. Yeah, stuffed is not the right word. I would say, like, just, you know, like, stored or something. Yeah, like, lightly like, placed. Ra- yeah, lightly oh. placed into or wrapped Toss- around. <laughs> Tossed it in there. Yeah. Allie argued that you're the one that wants him dead, so she should be the one to shoot him. Mm-hmm. But Lisa said Allie would be the closest, so it just made more sense. So they all go up and meet up with Bobby, Donnie and Heather included, and they're introduced as a couple. As a couple, And after a few minutes, Marty said, I'm going home. And that he'd give Donnie and Heather a ride back to Lisa's. Once at the Barrens, Bobby, Allie, and Lisa got out of the car, and then Bobby started feeling Allie up and being... Rude and gross. And he almost touched the gun. I'm surprised. I don't know how he missed it at at all. (laughs) I gotta be honest. I feel like he did touch the gun. He just didn't know that it was. He's like, oh, babe, your tits feel really hard. And yeah, (laughs) Yeah. a a trigger on one of your under your boob. Your nipple feels like cold metal. You must be really turned on by this. (laughs) (laughs) This is what I've always wanted. Is that the guy? 
Allie freaked out and wriggled away and then ran back a few yards to Lisa. <laughs> um, and Lisa grabbed the gun from the front of Allie's top and stuffed it down her pants. <laughs> Allie went back to Bobby, who was now angry, and he was like, what's wrong with you bitches? But um, Allie took him off and they walked further towards the bank. Lisa followed behind with the gun drawn. And she was convinced that Bobby would turn around any second. But he never did. But she never took her shot. She turned around as Allie lowered her head into Bobby's lap. And walked back to the car to wait for them. Ooh. They returned ten minutes later. Dropped Bobby off at his house in silence, and then went back to Lisa's. Donnie and Heather were stoned in her room watching TV. They argued about how Lisa chickened out, and she said that she didn't pull the trigger because she realized that they could trace the gun back to her mom like they did on TV. Heather said that she could just like get rid of the gun after she was done with it, but Lisa said that if she did that, her mom would kill her. Duh, Heather. Yeah. Idiot. idiot. You stupid bitch. <laughs> God, why do we even bring you, Heather? Yeah. You're such a dumb whore. Doing? Seriously. Slut. <laughs> <laughs> Allie then called her friend Eileen Trainer. Now, Eileen had been the girl that was arrested in the sting that got their mutual cop friend in trouble. Oh. Eileen gave her the name of a guy she had heard was a local hitman, Derek Kaufman. Add Kaufman to your mental case file as a person of interest. Mm. Kaufman was a 20-year-old dropout. He headed a gang called the Crazy Motherfuckers. That was mostly, if not all, young boys who attempted car theft but all too often got caught. CMF! Yeah, that's what he had tattooed on his arm. Kaufman would claim that CMF was a division of the Davy Boys. The Davy Boys were a white gang that had developed in the 80s in Broward County. Now it seems that the gang has grown more diverse, at least according to one 2011 video posted by Davy Pablo on YouTube. <laughs> which features... Dumb names for pe dumb people doing yeah. dumb things. <laughs> <laughs> which features... Diverse Davies. Oh, Diverse <laughs> Davies. <laughs> Filipino Davy, get up here. Yeah. He's like, what's up, fellas? <laughs> the CMF should be just as feared and respected as the Davy Boys. Yeah. According to Kaufman. Kaufman himself was a hitman with roots in the Italian New York Mafia. According to Kaufman. In reality, his dad was a palm tree landscaping salesman. We're going to send this job down to the Kaufman people down in Florida <laughs> to get rid of these problems that we have up here. <laughs> they did have a big house sprawled out on a big plot of land that was densely packed with palm trees for landscaping. And it was surrounded by a brick wall. So Derek used the foreboding house as part of his backstory as an experienced hitman with a reputation. Okay. <laughs> Eileen called Derek and let him know that the girls would be calling. The next day, on July 14, 1993, Lisa did call, and Coffin told her that she should think things over. 
that it was a big ass and there were lots of things him and his associates had to put into motion. So she told Derek that she needed help right away. She needed a weapon and she wanted it done that night. Derek told her that he'd see what he could do. And he gave her his beeper number and the number of one Tom Lemke, his 17-year-old bestie, and hung up. Kaufman obviously had no idea what to do. But he liked the idea of meeting these two girls. These girls, they gotta have me come and do this fucking thing. He's a young, he's a young uh, a- a- Anthony Soprano. And just as, uh, just as like smooth as that, as the young Soprano, Tony Soprano. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> what a dude. What are you, what are you talking about? What the fuck what is are going? You, what are you talking about? What the fuck are you talking about over here? Maria, how you doing? That's good. That's good. Good girl. You're muted. So after that, Lisa then called her cousin, Derek Servico, and told him she's another two Derek's, and told him she needed his help with something big. She sent Allie's friend, she sent like Donnie and Heather to go pick him up. They picked him up, it being the first time he had met uh, either one of them. And in the car, the boys chit-chatted. Derek said that he was in a mortal combat, and then they dropped acid together. As Heather, you do. Yeah, as you do. <laughs> Heather took them to DNA Comics, and Derek was greeted inside by his legion of kid fans. Ah, Derek. <laughs> the boys played Mortal Kombat while tripping until Derek reached babality on his opponent. <laughs> Babe, do you guys know what that is? Well, I do from the movie. Do you okay. want to explain it? Please do. <clears throat> so, uh, any move in a Mortal Kombat game can end in a fatality where you do a certain sequence of buttons and it'll give you a really horrific ending to kill the person. If you do something called a babality, you do that certain sequence of, uh, of button pressing, but then you end up turning the other person into a baby. It's very stupid, but it's also really funny. A giant baby. Not a little baby. No, no, no. A little a baby. A giant baby. Little baby. Oh, I thought it was a giant baby. Ah. Mm-hmm. Like, not like know. a scary giant baby, but just like a giant baby. You know what? Actually, I think you're right. For that older version, I think you do turn him into an older, to, to older, a big baby. Yeah. You don't think a giant baby is scary? I think a giant baby would be scary. Nope. That would be terrifying. Like, how big? Well, like, if it was, like, uh, adult size, I'd be like... Yeah, oh, it's terrifying. A, yeah, I, guess, I mean, I guess baby. that'd be kind of scary. Mostly, like, I'm not saying scary as, like, oh, I'm afraid it would hurt me. Scary in that, like, this baby's not going to live. Like, this. There's a lot no, of health it's all scary. This baby. Yeah, it could like it could do some damage. It could roll over some people. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's true. Uh, so Heather drove them back to Lisa's, where Allie, Lisa, and now Eileen were hanging out and making sandwiches. Eileen's with them. Now Eileen's with them today. I don't know I'm why. She's there. Meanwhile, Marty met up with Bobby for lunch. <laughs> I got it. Okay, that's good. I got it late, but I got it. I got it late, too. I got it late, too. <laughs> it was so good. They had planned to do so uh, the night before, so that's what they did. They met up at Pizza Pizza Hut for lunch. Afterwards, he, afterwards Marty headed to Lisa's. Uh, then everybody's there, and everybody, like, fucking eats a bunch of food, and, like, Derek and Donnie are talking about their fucking video game. Marty's pissed off in a corner because, like, Bobby's not dead. <laughs> 
<laughs> He's like sulking. Mm. But Lisa has great news. Eileen had that girl over there, you know Eileen? <laughs> yeah. Had connected <laughs> connected her to a hitman that they were gonna go see tonight. Nice. And get some guns. Beautiful. Marty brightened up and they headed out to meet Kaufman. But not Eileen. She didn't go. Outside of his house, one of them laid on the horn until Kaufman came out, annoyed at all the ruckus, afraid his dad would hear. He didn't tell him that, but he was like pretty afraid his dad would hear. Keep the fucking keep the fucking horn honking to a minimum. So Lisa said that she wanted to kill this guy who had hurt her and Marnie and raped Allie. She demanded guns again, and Kaufman said he needed more notice for an ask like that. He then suggested that they think this through better, and most of them were like, yeah, we should probably think about it. But Lisa was like, no. She started doing another tantrum, and she was like, I want it done now! God damn it! I want it done now! I want him murdered, like, tomorrow! <laughs> no, tonight! Tonight! She's really good at tantruming. Yeah. I mean, that's all she that's does. All, that's all. She, that's how she's gotten everything she's ever wanted or or asked for, is through tantrums. Yeah. You get something. Kaufman suggested that they go think of a way to get a way to get weapons, then come back and get him, and he can like offer his like services, his advice as a hitman, <laughs> as a professional hitman. As you do, as, as you do. All right, all right, all right. So you're gonna take the gun, and then you're gonna shoot him. All right, that's fifteen hundred dollars. Yeah. <laughs> So when they came back, they were to tap on his window as a signal for him to be able to sneak back out. And nobody questioned why a hitman would have to sneak back out. So anyway, they all agreed and they left. At Lisa's, they like they all left back to Lisa's. And then at Lisa's, her mom had left a stern note saying she didn't appreciate the mess that they had left there earlier that day. And Allie and her friends were not welcome back tonight. What's her name? Maureen. Good for you, Maureen. Good for you. Stand up for yourself, honey. <laughs> Finally. Tracking mud throughout the house. And then, like, making fucking sandwiches and not cleaning up your shit. Hey, you just leaving the Hellman's mayonnaise everywhere? Yeah. And yeah, the whip? All I did today was just make a mess and not clean up after myself. So. You gotta clean up after yourself. Disrespectful. Star should write you a strongly worded letter. That's right. She, she's doing it right now. She's, Good. she's writing several. Tell her I got a hearty clap for her after she's done. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So Allie left with her friends for another girl in the area that she knew from her uh, old prostitution ring. <laughs> the girl was annoyed to see them. And she said they could stay for a little while, but she had to leave soon because she had a date. Not a prostitution date, a regular date. She's done with the stuffing. She's not done with the stuffing, but she today just so happens to be an important date with another student. <laughs> I meant to say stuff, but stuffing came out. It just made it so much better. <laughs> I'm not stuffing no more. <laughs> I got a real job. She also told him, like, obviously it's her parents' house. She lives with her parents. She's a high school senior. Yeah. And she's like, don't smoke weed in the house. But they did anyway. And then while they did, like, Allie, like, tried to distract her by telling her 
that they were going to go kill some guy that night and asked her if she wanted to be a part of it. Uh, she was like, nah, if you were just going to beat him up, maybe. But like, I don't want I don't want to do that. She's like, all right, that's cool. <laughs> I love how she's like, you know, maybe if you were to break his arms or, you know, shiv him a little, but I don't want to do full murder. I mean, like, call me if you're like, he's still breathing, you know, and yeah. we're just going to, you know, bounce him around with a couple of pan- pots and pans. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, yeah. I'll definitely watch that. Yeah. Mayhem. Yeah. <laughs> At 7.30, uh, Donnie got high in the, hi- in the house again, and the girl was like, fuck you guys, get out. So that was the end of that. So they <laughs> went back to Lisa's, where Derek uh, Cervico met up with them, and he distracted Maureen while Lisa snuck the other three into her bedroom. Maureen, who was, like, over it, she was sick of her fucking trashy daughter, and was like happy to talk to Derek, who knew how to hold a conversation. Mm-hmm. Invited Derek to go eat with her, so they went to go eat for a while. And while the while the two were out, Lisa fixed the loft of her room to hide the three, the three of them. Mm. Which I just want to say, like I I include that because it's so insulting to Maureen, like to your parents, <laughs> to fucking like. I have three fucking burnouts sleeping in the loft of my bedroom because I have a loft in my bedroom. Yeah. That's crazy. That I, and that but I know you're not going to come in here and check on me at any point. I I totally agree. But it's like the parents haven't really been deserving of respect. You know what I mean? They just are such door doormats. Yeah. That they are allowing these kids to walk all over them. And it's like at this point, you know, it's sort of like, yeah, I mean, if, if the kids are, you know, are constantly being allowed to just act this way, why why would they stop, you know? I think it's- that it's a combination of doormatting and it's just a combination uh, and, like, circumstances. You know, like, Maureen, for example, she's kind of doormatting, but also she's a single mom with, like, a, a piece of shit. Like, sometimes you just get a piece of shit kid. Like, it, yeah. you know? Like, That's true. These parents mostly got like, man, I just have a piece of shit kid. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like like Derek wasn't too bad, but the outside influence definitely fucked him up. Yeah, Derek's not, he's, he's like not too bad. He's the one that, that people are like, oh, he has a chance at at living a functional adult life. Yeah, he made a little bit of normalcy. Lisa, Marty, and Derek Kaufman talked on the phone, and Marty said they were going to invite Bobby back out to the same area to race Allie's Mustang against Marty's mom's Topaz. Hmm. After Derek returned from dinner with uh, his aunt, Maureen, he seemed reluctant to go with any part of the new plan. So he was almost out because he was he went and had a, like, a dinner with a reasonable person and was like, uh, maybe I shouldn't help kill somebody. Mm-hmm. But then Allie was like, my back hurts. Give me a massage. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then to keep it sexy, no. Lisa asked for a massage, too. Isn't that like... It's incest. It's his cousin. Well, it's not incest for a massage, but you know what I'm saying. She's like, my back hurts, too, because like, yeah. your back doesn't hurt, okay? I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll I hope, like, in the movie, in the movie, he doesn't give her a massage. Like, he's like, he just like, he's like, okay, I'm just going to ignore that. 
which I love. Which is great. I it's, hope that's yeah. what really happens. Yeah, I would love that. Because she's, uh, she's such a fucking tryhard. Like, she's a fucking ugh. doof. This is why I'm mad at her. This. <laughs> this this is yeah, this thing. There was this uh there's this girl that I used to intern with at a, a production company and she was just like she was so freaking annoying. There was this kid who had who clearly ha- he had some kind of cognitive issue and he worked there and he would say things that were like you just had to be upfront with him and be like his name was Billy and you'd be like Billy this that's not you shouldn't say that and be like oh I'm sorry. But they would freaking bully the crap out of this kid. And Aww. it pissed me off to no end. And so I just, like, didn't like her. And she was in love with one of the heads of the department. And so one time we were working this um, this concert, and we were packing up, and he, was, he kept walking by, and she just would randomly start saying, like, suggestive things to a friend of hers. Like, you, like it was a normal topic of conversation. <laughs> so she'd be like, I don't know if you know this, Stephanie, but I don't have a gag reflex. Oh God! Oh, and like loudly, so he could hear. And she would, he would walk by, and he'd be like, "I don't know if you know this, Stephanie, but I can almost do the splits." <laughs> so <laughs> fucking lame, dude. Yeah, it was so bad. Was like, oh my God! Oh my God! What a complete tool. I have a gag reflex. <laughs> I don't know if you know this, Stephanie, but I am into scat for the right price. <laughs> Into things that are interesting. I, is, scat, is scat a thing that you like to do? <laughs> Get out of here! Yeah. Oh. Oh, she was the worst. That's hilarious. <laughs> uh, okay, so we're, so the so the it works. Allie like turns Derek on, and then Derek's like, "Okay, I'll go see what I can do." And he decides to call his old friend, Chris Hoadley. Because he knew Chris had a brother who was like a sponsored baseball player, I guess you would say, and had a collection of expensive aluminum bats. Mm -hmm. So he asked Chris if he could borrow the bats, and Chris was like, sure. And then he told him that he would put the bats outside in like one of the bushes in the front yard. Uh, but he did tell he I forgot to mention he did tell Chris why he's like we're gonna use them to beat up this dude who raped our friend, and the kid was like, yeah, sure, yeah, you should. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Chris was only able to sneak out one bat, and he was on his way to sneak out the second one when his dad caught him, and his dad was like, "Don't let anybody borrow our shit. No, get back inside." <laughs> yeah, good, good job, Dad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm glad that you did that. That's exactly just, what the fuck I would have done. Yeah, hey. I just imagine him trying to st- trying to smuggle it out in the most conspicuous way possible. Like he puts it, it like uh, or under his shoulders, and so it just looks like he has really broad shoulders. He's like, "All right, I'm gonna go now." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like uh, uh, Carol Burnett in the in the curtain sketch in uh, the Carol Burnett show. <laughs> She's walking down with a curtain rod. Yeah, on her shoulders. He's just like, all right, I'll see you later, buddy. <laughs> He's just, just like, That's really can't get through funny. the door. He's fucking, don't give people our shit. It's really fucking funny. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so, so, but Derek still got one bat because he got the bat that was the first one hidden in the bushes because, you know. 
Yay. Then Lisa sent Allie to pick up Coffin. And here's the thing I like, like Lisa sends Allie everywhere to do all these fucking runs. And I'd be like, what the fuck, bitch? Like, why am I doing this shit? Because I have the car. Go to Starbucks and get us a big coffee for all the stuff we gotta do. Yeah, this is insane. It's for the crafty. She's like picking up fucking <laughs> Derek, picking up fucking uh, the bat and yeah. shit. Like, all shit. And now Coffin, like, okay, so she goes to pick up Coffin. Try to be like, give me some fucking gas money at least at this point, ho. <laughs> this is crazy. I've been all over fucking Broward County today. Yeah. <laughs> She did, and so then 20 minutes later, Derek Coffin, Derek Cervico, Donnie, Heather, Allie, and Lisa were all crammed into her bedroom, arguing about which one of them would kill him and how. They only had a bat and a knife so far, but Marty said he was bringing weapons too. Is uh, is Sark clipping coupon? No, she's putting in... (laughs) She's putting in the battery. Uh, her her uh, fob key fob died. So she's oh putting no! In the battery. Yeah, same. Tell yeah. me, said hi. Yeah, hi. Everyone says hi. She <laughs> says hi. Good luck with her battery. They say good luck with your battery. She says thank you. <laughs> okay, so Marty got ready at his own house, and while he was getting ready, he strapped a metal pipe to his calf. And stuffed a diving knife into his waistband. Then everybody met at his place. And they all gathered in the driveway. And they just kind of like. Kicked it I guess for a couple minutes. Kicking it. <laughs> no so what, TV, what TV shows are you guys watching? I, you, like? you know. Uh, what year is it? Party 5. 93. I'm watching a lot of Tiny Toons right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh really? DuckTales also. Uh, Barney. I think that's what I was into. <laughs> Yo, I fuck with some Barney. I yeah. Some Barney. yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. I fucks with Barney. <laughs> hey, Twisted listeners, I'm Cindy. And I'm Diva, and we are the Twisted Listeners, a weekly podcast about murder and lists. Each week, we cover 10 cases that all fall under a specific topic, which we also choose weekly. Past topics have included family annihilators, murderous moms, mysterious and spooky deaths, online predators, and other truly twisted topics. We cover many well-known cases, but we also love to sprinkle in some lesser-known murders, so there's always something new and surprising in every episode. So, if you love lists and true crime as much as we do, then we're the podcast for you. Join us for some twisted tales and interesting topics every week. And remember, stay off our lists. So Marty showed Kaufman the weapons that he had and asked if he thought it was good. Kaufman said that he just needed to hit the guy hard enough. Then Donnie tried to show off the bat they had. But like Donnie was super annoying to everybody because he's just like a burnout. So Kaufman was especially annoyed by him. And then Cervico spoke up and he said that he wanted to know if they were just going to beat this guy up or like actually kill him. Marty said that he wanted him dead. Mm. And Lisa jumped in with her arguments about how he had 
raped Allie and was making Marty's life a living hell so Bobby deserved to die. And Kaufman, once he heard all this shit, he was like, that sucks, man. Let's do it. This guy does deserve to die. <laughs> I remember being that impressionable when I was young, so he'd be like, this guy did this. He's horrible. He deserves to die. Let's fucking kill him. You're yeah. not lying. Meanwhile, Danny, like, fucking pranced around, because we're talking about them standing in front of their garage, you know? Like, suburban, total suburban style. And Danny, like, fucking pranced around, saying that if they didn't kill him, he'd do it his fucking self. But he's like, idiot. Doesn't even know the guy. Kaufman then gave a huge speech about how he needed to know that these people were serious, because he was, he was serious people, if you catch his drift. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he singled out Cervico as to whether he was up to the task and Donnie said that he had seen Cervico do some cold shit Mortal Kombat yes Mortal Kombat thank you Laurie <laughs> so then they took off and they picked up Bobby down the block Bobby complained about all the dudes that were with them a lot of dudes Wondering why Allie had brought these dudes if she wanted to fuck him. Yeah, fuck, bro. But you know what was like? It was one of those things where it's like, he he's saying it as a complaint, but you know they're super secretly jazzed. It's like, oh, there's so many dudes here. Ugh. <laughs> yeah. Why are these dudes? Yeah. Who's that hot, six-foot, maybe Italian dude? It's bullshit. <laughs> I can't believe I get in the car with my girlfriend. It's like guys with glistening muscles and nice arms and they're all no. cut. Thin, but also kind of thick. You know what I'm talking about. Girthy. None of you guys better take out your dicks. Yeah. <laughs> Don't do it. You know what? Pull them out. Let's compare. Because then I'll have to pick. Yeah. We'll have to compare. Um, nice. So they fucking, they, they took off and they drove like maniacs down to the fucking baron that they were talking about. Uh, while he was driving, because Bobby insisted on driving Allie's car, he managed to repeatedly insult Donnie. By calling him Lonnie, and brought up the fact that Allie was a sex worker to try to humiliate humiliate her. Once they got to the Barrens, Allie led Bobby away from the group while the others discussed what to do. <laughs> Kaufman told Heather to go down and join them, and ask if there were any alligators down there. And she Ooh. said, "Ask who." Ask, ask Allie and Bobby. Like, oh. go down to where they were making out and ask them, are there any alligators down there? Oh, okay. I thought for a second that she was just wanting her to go and ask around and just be like, are there any alligators? <laughs> <laughs> ask everybody down there. Uh, Heather had a similar question. She said, alligators down where? And then Derek said, in the canals. It's a signal. And Maria, just just because I definitely know what are what are the but just in case no no one else, what are canals again? What are the canals? Uh, <laughs> Stop it! Uh, Stop uh, it! Uh, I'm not saying it. Uh, it's too far up the page now. <laughs> is that the same page? No, no, no. <laughs> it's like no way. Uh, so Marty and Donnie would be ready to attack with the knives, and Derek and Derek would hang out by the car to make sure that he didn't get. Away. So Heather headed down towards Allie and Bobby with Donnie close behind and Marty went to the right. Heather asked them, 
are there any alligators down there? To which Bobby said, I don't know. Why don't you go find out? And she just kind of stood there. And then she was like, I asked them if there were any alligators down there. Mm. Mm. <laughs> uh, so Bobby was like laughing to himself about the idea of Heather taking off her clothes and going into the dirty water. And then Donnie came charging at Bobby with the knife out. Stabbing him in the back of the neck. Ooh. Piercing him less than an inch before he jumped back with the knife still in hand. Bobby turned around, ready to go after Donnie, until he realized he was bleeding. A lot. At that point, Heather ran back to the Mustang and hid herself in the back seat. Bobby saw Marty running towards him, and he screamed for him to help him. So when he reached him, Marty stabbed him in the belly, driving his knife deep and twisting it, dragging it across his stomach, causing part of Bobby's intestine to fall out. Bobby screamed and begged and said he was sorry for whatever he did. Marty then pulled the knife back and brought it down again, but Bobby caught it. Behind him, Donnie attacked Bobby again. Lisa watched quietly, standing by the topaz. Despite the massive wounds, Bobby ran. He ran away from the cars and away from the water, so I think he just hang to the right. The Kaufman started screaming, He's getting away! He's getting away! At that point, Allie runs back to the car. She hadn't left yet. I was, I, I'm also waiting for Lori's sound effects for all these things. I was, yeah, I thought, I totally thought you were going to say that Coffin was like, finish him. <laughs> oh my God. It's coming. The passenger door opened and Cervico jumped in, <laughs> screaming for her to start the car and leave. So Allie turned on the ignition and the lights came on. And then at that point, she sees Bobby splayed out in front of her car. Somehow he had accidentally come back towards the cars. Marty had caught up to him while Kaufman screamed to finish him. Yep. Marty straddled Bobby's chest, slammed his knife down in. Or sorry, slammed his head down into the ground so hard that he crushed vertebrae in Bobby's spine. He then plunged the knife long ways into Bobby's neck like a saw. Oh, okay. Pushing it down and sawing back and forth. Okay. That's hereditary style. Yeah. No, ma'am. No. Jeez. And then... He stabbed him more times in the chest, piercing him almost all the way through to his back. Damn, son. That's hate. Then Marty stood, bathed in blood, and in the light from the car. He screamed at Allie to turn the lights off, and Kaufman screamed at her too. Derek tried to scream at her to leave, and then all of a sudden there was silence followed by the low gurgle of blood still spewing from Bobby's mouth. 
and a whimper. And then Kaufman, with the bat in his hand, stepped in between Bobby and the Mustang. Allie cut the lights just in time for them all to hear one more low whimper before the whoosh and the thud of the bat against Bobby's head. Kaufman then threw open the passenger door of the Mustang and screamed at Derek Zervico to get out. When he did, Derek pissed himself. Kaufman ordered Derek to help him carry the body. And before he did that, he forced Derek to get Bobby's wallet so they couldn't, so his logic was they couldn't identify him if they found the body. Mm-hmm. When it was over, Heather sat up in the back seat, asking almost in a daze if he was dead and if they could leave. But Allie just told her to shut up. Kaufman told Derek to throw the wallet in the canal and then they car- and then help him carry the body to the water. When Marty asked what they were going to do with the body over there, Kaufman reasoned that they were throwing it in the canal that the alligators would eat him before anyone found him. And then Heather was like, oh, that's why you wanted me to know Yeah, that there was alligators. Oh, <laughs> it's all coming together. <laughs> oh, like, oh, I... Are we... Guys, are we here to murder somebody? <laughs> or go alligator watching. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so confused. Brilliant. Donnie was like, cool. So then Derek took off his shirt to because he was afraid of getting blood on it and picked up Bobby by his ankles. On their way to the bo- to the water, Bobby opened his mouth and let out a gurgling moan. Derek dropped him, terrified, and tried to run back to the car. So he wasn't dead. Marty came closer, and he was screaming about how they had stabbed him and beat him and bashed his head in, and why wasn't the fucker dead? Bobby's body emitted what was likely a death rattle, shaking from his head to his toes, and let out, a terrible scream. So, Donnie suggested they just drop him in the water anyway. It's not like he's going to swim, he said. So then they tried tossing Bobby in the water, but barely got him off the bank. Kaufman waded in and pulled him deeper into the water, where it floated and gurgled one last time. So then everybody tried to leave, but Coffin was like, where the fuck do you guys think you're going? We're done. <laughs> That's it. So Coffin started screaming about how they weren't fucking leaving because he didn't want any of the shit to come back on him and nobody acted cool. And if anything came back to haunt him about this, that he was going to come after them. <gasps> So Marty suggested that they leave the area so that they weren't at the crime scene, and they all headed down. First they tried. First they were like, "Oh, we'll head down. We'll head down to the Publix near Marty's house," and then they were like, "Oh wait, there'll be too many people there." So then they headed down to South Beach Park. On the ride over, Heather told Allie she didn't feel bad the guy had died, because after all, he could have hurt her, or hurt the baby. 
which remember Allie has a baby at home. Oh, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> she has a child, a whole ass yeah. child. Isn't and also Lisa's pregnant too. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, the story all is winners. The story is brimming with babies. So at the beach, they decided they needed to get rid of the weapons, and then they started looking through the cars. And Lisa started freaking out, freaking out, and saying that the car smelled like blood. She was screaming it, and she started having one of her fucking fits about how all she could smell was the blood. But then in the middle of it, Marty was like, "Lisa, I forgot my sheath." <laughs> and she stopped her fucking fit because clearly they're not real. And God. and so she was like, well, you have to go back. You have to go get the, the sheath of the knife. He's like, I can't go back there. They have to go back. They go back. So it's, it, they, they don't all go back. It's uh, Allie, Kaufman, and Bobby go back. And the rest of them stay. And Lisa keeps, like, freaking out. And now she's, like, cleaning the car, like, a deep clean of the car at, like, 3 a.m., on the beach boardwalk. Unsuspicious. Unsuspicious. Not, not suspicious whatsoever to see somebody furiously cleaning a cry, car going, ah, it's so much blood. There's so much blood. That's something you walk <laughs> by and you're like, nope. Yeah. <laughs> Turn right around. At, like, don't look at her. Don't look at her. <laughs> yeah. There was one time I was at the beach and somebody was taking a giant duffel bag out of their trunk and I was like, nope, not going to not gonna walk closer. Nope. Nope. Just turned around. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> uh, then she decided to start burying the weapons by the lifeguard tower. When she was almost done burying them, she realized that like fucking dogs would come and like find it and and dig it up. So she undug them up, or she uh, she dug them up, and then walked towards the water. Derek saw that she was about to throw the bat into the water and was like, stop. If you throw that away, I have to pay for it. <laughs> so he took the bat back and she threw everything else into the water. A little while later, the other group returned. And Coffin asked where the weapons were. And when Lisa said she threw the knives in the ocean, he asked, where in the ocean? Because that's not... Sorry, I just hate it's so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> like like he's gonna go back and find it. Yeah. Like like just tell me where it is. I don't understand. Just which way did you throw it? It might still be there. <sighs> yeah. Next to the we shells. Just have, we just have to make a grid. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Idiot. Um So then they stuck around and they were like basically Coffin was like, We're not leaving until we work out our alibis. So they stuck around and they worked on their alibi and they decided that, first of all, Marty was the last one who had seen Bobby alive because he saw him that day for, for lunch at Pizza Hut. And when Marty whined about this, because he was like, why do I have to be the last one to see him? Why do I have to be honest? Kaufman explained that the cops would ask other people and if other people saw them at the fucking Pizza Hut, then they were, he wouldn't have a way to lie about it. And then Marty was like, well, what, why would I need to, what if, what do you mean I might need to talk to the cops? Kaufman tried to explain that as his best friend, Marty would be a number one suspect. Marty said that this didn't seem fair or right. And it was fucked up, really. But, fine. He then came up with the idea 
that maybe he should say that Bobby told him that he was going to go see some country girl that night <laughs> that had a possible connection to the Davy boys. And Marty was worried about it. Then it would be easy enough. Bobby had a date with a hillbilly girl out in Weston where they ran into foul play with the Davy boys and Bobby wound up dead. Lisa suggested that they all say they had gone to the other South Beach that night, the real South Beach in Miami. Mm. Now, South Beach Park, where they were right now, it was perfect. Like, totally. They did technically go to South Beach. So Good then, thinking, Lisa. Yeah. Finally. I Wait. guess. <laughs> not really. Not really. <laughs> None of them have really spent a lot of time in South Beach, so it's not really going to help them. <laughs> Yeah, it just sounds like it's a good idea, you know? And you're yeah. like, oh, I, I, I guess. I mean, for her, I guess it's a, it's a coherent thought. Yeah, and she said it without breaking into a hissy fit. So, yeah, yeah. You know. yeah, yeah. So they also decide that Marty should call Bobby that night when he gets home and, and leave a message making it sound like Bobby had asked him to call him when he got home. So they all go home around 3.30 in the morning. Um, and when Marty got home, he did this, he did just that, but the phone stopped on the second ring. He thought the answering machine had picked up, but it was Fred. Without realizing it, Marty started saying, Bobby, this is Marty Puccio. He asked me to call you when I get home. He called you. And then Fred was like, Hey Marty, but Marty freaked out and hung up. Marty, is that you? <laughs> Again, we do not condone this accent. So this Marty, is all wait, don't Cash no, don't hang up the phone. This is all Cash is doing. <laughs> Definitely not sending him text no. messages that say "keep it going." <laughs> Fred checked his son's room, but it was still empty. Uneasy, he forced himself to go back to bed. I guess. In the morning, he decided that he was going to work from home and he'd wait for Bobby to get home and talk to him again about that idiot Marty and about that trashy girl, Allie. Spending too much time with these people. Yeah. But by the afternoon, when Bobby hadn't shown, sick to his stomach, Fred went to Marty's. What is he? <laughs> I'm sorry. Yep. Also that same morning, Lisa didn't even shower before she called. She's like been through a murder now. She's disgusting. She's gross. She didn't even shower before she called Marty, telling him to come get her because she needed to be with him. So then they were back at his place and they were talking about what had happened and he was worried about the cops when the doorbell rang and it was Fred. Fred questioned Marty about Bobby and Marty mumbled that uh, he was like, uh, oh, I, I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. And then he vomited out this, like, story about the hillbilly girl. And while he was doing that, Lisa ran out in between them and was like, she doesn't know what he's talking about. No, he didn't see him. No, he doesn't know what he's talking about. And then... it's <laughs> <laughs> oh, great. It's good. And Marty grabbed her by her hair and her arm and flung her back inside. And then Fred was like, we're, I'm gonna call the police. I'm gonna call the police. <laughs> wow, that was a totally normal thing to do. Give me just one second. 
<laughs> it would have been less weird if he had just like come up from behind and covered her mouth and like been like shh and just walked back yeah. inside it would have mm-hmm. been less weird if he had done that so fred goes back to his house calls the police and tells marty to come over and talk to the police please because he has called them mm-hmm. he did walk over to fred's place but not before he spent like a few minutes beating Lisa up in the house. Oh man! Yeah, he t- like Marty tells the police the same story he told Fred. But then when the police were like, "Well, what did the hillbilly girl like? Did you meet her?" And he's like, "Yeah, I met her at work, uh, the same day as he did, and I met her briefly." <laughs> and they were like, "Well, what does she look like?" And he was like, "I don't remember." Great. Was she blonde? She, she was a girl, and she was like a hillbilly. So I feel like that should give you all the cops, information. The cops are like, oh, okay, cool. Really cool story. We'll be right back. <laughs> we, all, we, we also sound like this guy's dad. I also think that he did that thing where teenagers do, where they like start talking, and then they like are still talking, but they get so quiet that it's almost like a whisper. It's like, I don't know what to tell you. There was like a guy. And then they... <laughs> Mumbling nothing. I am talking. I'm telling you that the girl came that was blonde. Get the paddy wagon. (laughs) So meanwhile, that's happening. Allie and her friends finally go back home to Allie's place. Okay. They march right past her mom and into Allie's room, and Allie keeps coming out every couple, uh, every few hours, to grab snacks. And then, like on the second or third time she's out, she asks her mom, like, if it. Was if you saw a crime, was it a crime to not report the crime? When Virginia asked what kind of crime, Virginia's her mom. Allie said, murder. Virginia asked who saw the crime. And Allie got annoyed, saying it was hypothetical, mom. This girl is such an idiot. (laughs) Oh my god, this is so funny. It's insane. So that happened that day. And then on Friday morning, the Kents call the police again and ask them to come back over just to see if there's any update because they, they, nothing, they don't know anything. Right. And he also asked Marty to come back over. This time, Marty made a big show about how he was upset that his best friend was missing and nothing was happening. <laughs> then, at DNA Comics, Derek had just showed up on Friday. When he got there, he found a guy he kind of knew from the comic book store, Terry. And he asked him to sit with him on the grass by the Pizza Hut for a while. <laughs> Derek was troubled and immediately spilled the whole story about the murder. Terry listened and was mostly unfazed. Terry, <laughs> he's like, he said a couple things like, oh, gross, and all that stuff, but. Yeah, Terry's seen some real shit. Oh, gross <laughs> boobies? Oh, uh, no. Yeah. Uh, Derek said he couldn't stop thinking about it. He wanted help. He was afraid to go to jail just for being at the scene of the crime. Terry was like, well, you know what you need? You need an alibi. 
And then he didn't know where to go further with that. He's like, well, you know what we should do is we should call Herb Williams, which was one of the smarter guys that they both knew. He was just like a smarter guy. I feel like every Herb Williams is always being asked to solve problems, you know? Sure. I'm, I don't know if I've ever met a Herb Will- heard of a Herb Williams that's not, like, the go-to problem solver. Herb Williams is either a problem solver or he plays a jazz trumpet. <laughs> or both. <laughs> Usually yeah. both. Yeah. It's like, how am I get you out of this? Ta-da! Yeah. Just let me play my smooth, smooth jazz trumpet and I'll yeah. figure out the answer. I'll figure it out. <laughs> So Herb suggested to Derek that he tell the police. And when Derek was like, I don't want to go to jail or and I'm afraid or I'm afraid of the hitman involved. That's what Derek said. Um, Herb said, well, um, it's going to be pretty hard to find somebody willing to lie for murder. So maybe you should just tell your your folks. And so that was it. Derek just like went home, thought about what, what Herb said. Terry went back to the comic book shop. That was it for a little bit for Derek. Okay. Then on Saturday, Allie came back out of her room, grabbed more snacks, and asked her mom if there was a hotline they could call to report a crime while remaining anonymous. Once again, Virginia was like, what kind of crime? And Allie screamed that she already told her it was murder. I already told you, Mom. Murder. Shut up, all right? It's just a hypothetical. It's totally not real, and it didn't happen. But if it did, I just want to know who I would call to contact to let them know. Mm-hmm. Jeez. And so Virginia said, what are you kids up to? Murder. Yeah, I mean, nothing. <laughs> nothing. Exactly. And remember, Allie still has Donnie and Heather just in her fucking room. In her, par- in her parents' house. It's insane. Chilling, drinking, eating, fucking. Yeah. And smoking. And smoking. Smoking. And so Virginia asks to clarify one more time, and she says, are you talking about a murder murder? Allie replies, I guess. A guy got killed, so. Oh, God. My head hurts. Yeah. It's so much. It's so much. She heads back to her room. Marty's on the phone. Marty says, Derek's worried about you guys, Derek Kaufman. He's going to come down there, make sure you got rid of all the evidence. So they go. They try to clean the car out one more time. They get the tires switched out for the tire track. And then they come back to Allie. Lisa goes over to Claudia's house. Comes in and sits in her Florida room with her. You know, her screamed-in room. And and just immediately spills the whole story. Tells her that we killed Bobby. She goes over the gory details. And then when she kind of gets to the end and Claudia's like, Are you fucking telling me the truth right now? This is insane. She's like, yeah, I'm telling telling you the truth. And also, that's why I came over. Because I want to ride to where the body is so that I can... I don't think we pushed it into the water deep enough. And I want to push it in deeper. And Claudia's like, fucking hell no. Good. <laughs> Claudia's the champ. Yeah. Claudia is the hero of the story. She is she the is. hero. She is. She's got a job. She's fucking planning the future. She's not doing any of this bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. Way to go, Claudia. Yeah. So she's like, I gotta go to work. You know, you gotta go. And Lisa's like, you're a bad friend. I'm never gonna help you if you don't, like, when next time you need help. Up in Palm Bay, Allie, Heather, and Donnie emerge from the room. So Donnie and Heather stand silent as Allie tries to explain to her mom that they witnessed a murder that week in Lauderdale. And now there was a hitman who was coming to get them. 
and that she needed to hide them. And she was like, well, Virginia was like, what do you want me to do? And Natalie told her that she needed to hide them in an apartment. And then Virginia was like, this is just about you getting an apartment. <laughs> no. Claudia gets to work back at Broward and calls the teen runaway hotline and tells the dispatch that she wasn't sure if this girl Lisa Connie was making it up but she claims to have been witness to the murder of a guy named Bobby Kent. She was on the phone long enough, like she didn't stay on and tell them everything, but she was on the phone long enough for the call to be traced and then 40 minutes later, officers showed up at the pizza hut where she works and asked her to give a statement. I just love that she was like, can I take my break? And the bot manager's like, well, we're really, we're really busy. Like, it's like Saturday just- night dinner, yeah. Claudia. <laughs> I mean, is there like, is there like a reason? And then she's like, no, I just, I need to make a phone call. It's like, okay, but I give you like 10 minutes at most, but you can't, you can't take any more time. <laughs> <laughs> and like 30 minutes later, where were you? We have been slain. All right. No more interruptions, Claudia. No more. Sure. (laughs) (laughs) I think I should have to go get a lawyer just in case, though. For a phone Oh, my God. Why do I keep hiring teenagers from this area? He's like, I love them. But I hate them. So the police wrote down all the names Claudia remembered. Lisa, Donnie, Heather, Allie, Derek, and Marty. They already had Marty's name from the first questioning, you know, with Fred. So then they went to question Lisa, who did not give anything up right away. She said, she was like, I don't know why you think I would know where Bobby is. I don't know. After that, another pair of officers went to Marty's and they asked him for a taped interview. Where Marty repeated the hillbilly girl story and said that the last time he saw Bobby, not at Pizza Hut now, but that same night, at around 11 p.m. when him, Bobby, and everyone else except Hoffman were hanging out at Bobby's or were hanging out at Marty's house when Bobby's hillbilly date showed up. But he didn't really see her face. He couldn't really remember what she looked like, even though he, he saw her. And then Bobby left with her, and that was the last time. So now his story had changed. The rest of them went to South Beach, he said, but he couldn't describe the specific area they were in or the friends that they said that he says that they met down there. He said Lisa had friends down there that they met, but he couldn't remember anything about them. Hmm. The police police told him they had information that a man he claimed was in South Beach with him that night had stabbed Bobby Kent and that Marty had seen him again later that night. Marty denied it. The police asked if he had anything to add about seeing Bobby that night at this time, and he declined. The police left. Lisa, now several days into not fucking showering and running around in the hot weather. She doesn't have a car, I remember. (laughs) (laughs) Tried to confront Claudia at the restaurant. But that didn't really work. And Claudia just kind of like ran to the back. And her manager was like, what's going on here? (laughs) Cutting up pepperoni, boss. Sounds good. (laughs) For the love of God. (laughs) We're a pizza hut. Not a 
not a uh, crisis management center. <laughs> you said it just like that. <laughs> yeah, I did. I ran a Pizza Hut for a while. I don't know if I told you guys. In Florida, it was a nightmare. Stressful, stressful times. Very stressful. That night, Lisa told her mom the whole story. Maureen then drove her to her sister's house, Derek's mom. Where, you know, her Maureen told her sister and her brother-in-law what Lisa had said while Derek was sleeping upstairs. Derek's parents were like, we're calling the police. But Maureen opted to put Lisa in a hotel room for the night. Before she had to turn herself in so she could try to figure some things out. I don't know what the fuck she's going to figure out. <laughs> I think she legit just wanted to run. And she was just like trying to figure out. The best way to do it, just like burn off her finger pants. Yeah. You know, start a new life. But it's just annoying that the mom was like, yeah, I'll put her in her hotel for the night. Yeah, that's a real piece of shit move. Yeah, Derek's parents are like, we're going to call the police, okay? So Derek's parents, before they call the police, though, call the family patriarch, Joe Screamer. Joe Screamer. Who's like, yeah, we he like they tell him the story and then he's like, yeah, let me call the police. But he calls a detective that he knows in the force. Mm. Derek spills his guts. And the police ask him to show him where the body was. Derek goes and shows him where the body is. And then that's now the crime scene is active. Meanwhile, that's happening. Another set of police officers presented 10 German shepherds and a warrant for the arrest of Derek Kaufman at his house at 4 a.m. After his arrest, Derek Kaufman tried to minimize his role in the murder by saying he simply dropped the bat on the victim's head. I was carrying it and it fell. Yeah. I was actually going to give him the bat so he could fight the other people, but it fell on him. It <laughs> fell on his face. Yeah. Yeah. But only from yay high. Only from, from knees, <laughs> knees high. Yeah. <laughs> It's just my my karate training kicked in. I can't tell. I don't know what to tell you. It was a weird day that day. I think gravity was more than it normally is. <laughs> Mercury is in retro. <laughs> so over in Hollywood, Marty is trying to call anybody he can. Calls Lisa. Calls Kaufman. Neither of them answer. So then he realizes he still has Tom Lenke's number. Remember Tom is Kaufman's little friend. Yeah. Marty's like, you know, he tells him that Derek had to obviously go underground and lay low. And Tom's like, all right. So he he's able to get a hold of Kaufman's parents who tell him Derek is in jail for murder. So then Tom calls the jail and the cops had been instructed to let or the, the jailers had been instructed to let Kaufman take any calls in the hopes that uh, it would mean that they could catch either suspect. Kaufman calls Tom back and he's like, just tell Marty to give it up, man. It's all over, man. They've told him everything. When Tom tells him, you know, like Derek gave up the ghost, he, tell, he says you should turn yourself in. Marty's like, I thought guys in the mafia were supposed to be fucking tough. And Tom finally clarified that Derek was no hitman. He wanted to join the Davy Boys, but was too scared and invented this, the crazy motherfuckers gang himself. So Maureen puts Lisa up in a hotel room, in a motel room, excuse me, 
and Lisa throws a huge fit about how she needs Marty. And Maureen leaves to go pick up Marty. That's crazy. And bring her, bring him to the hotel. Maureen's fucking... From her own motel room, Allie called Brian Rupp, one of the crooked cops from part one of our story, because she wanted to know what was going on and she wanted advice. Brian Rupp was currently suspended, so he got his partner to check in on what was happening. His partner also knew Allie because he was also one of the crooked cops. And he found out what was happening, found out Allie was wanted, and he called Allie himself and said, you need to turn yourself in. And Allie cried and asked if he would go with her. And she, he promised that he would. Ugh. But only if he got a blowjob for free. Probably. The next morning, Lisa's family picked her up and drove her over to their lawyer. But she continued to have a fit about not being able to be with Marty if she went to jail. And continued to fail to comprehend that she had taken a huge part in a murder. Her family also refused to comprehend that she was culpable of this crime. And they were so convinced that she, not to, that she didn't deserve to do jail time that they would end up switching lawyers right before the trial. Oh, really power. That's a power move. Yeah, really stupid. that's always a great move. Yeah. I like to think that they switched like from a fucking southern Matlocky lawyer to like that standard lawyer who's like, I got like 500 cases. I don't know exactly. Well, what's your last name again? <laughs> My client, insert name here, is... <laughs> They're obviously sorry, Your Honor. Guilty. So all the suspects got their own representation. All of them would be tried separately, again in an effort to minimize their roles in the crime. As for the Broward DA, who was going to be prosecuting them, he had never hand, been handed such a beautiful case. Every confession, every piece of evidence, everything was by the book. Perfect. The cops had not messed up a single thing. It's a big thing for Florida cops. Yeah. It was just, it was, it was, it was prosecutions handed on a silver platter. But what? I was going to say, the other cops are going, you're making this look bad. Mm -hmm. This is not how we run our cases. (laughs) But the one big factor that he knew could fuck this all up was that the children, not really children, sorry, was that the suspects, all six of them, were white. White and from upper middle class backgrounds. Mm. And only two of which had a hard criminal history. As the case developed, he feared that the suspects would garner sympathy from their community. And it only took one sympathetic juror to declare a mistrial. His fears were probably a little qualmed, though, at the preliminary hearing. All, all, All of the suspects were brought in. And they quickly began bickering loud enough for their families, their lawyers, and the family of Bobby Kent to hear. Lisa had leaned over and told Marty that she was going to name the baby after him if it was a boy. When Heather asked her if they would let her out to have the baby, Lisa snapped back about her being a snitch and taking a deal. 
Hoffman bickered with Cervico about the same thing. Donnie complained that he had no idea why he was there. He didn't do anything. And Marty laughed at him, reminding him, you stabbed him, dude. What do you call that? The team of lawyers, teams, I should say, the teams of lawyers, had trouble finding a viable defense for their client. Oh, yeah. I bet the prosecution was, like, secretly fist-bumping each other as they were arguing, just like, oh, yes. this isn't nothing. This yeah. is so easy. <laughs> yeah, they're just like, look at this. Look <laughs> at this. <laughs> uh, it's, so, it's so fun to watch when people just ruin it for themselves, you know? Yeah, really is. Yeah. Um, so because they couldn't find a viable defense, they just kept trying to delay the trial to kind of, you know, Witnesses forget, et cetera, et cetera, the more time that passes. But finally, in September of 1994, Marty's trial went first. The DA threw everything he had into his prosecution. He wasn't going to let Marty, who he considered to be the most evil one, get away. He described how Marty had stabbed his best friend of 13 years repeatedly as he begged for his life. He brought up Donnie and Heather to testify regarding the events up until the murder, presented crime scene pictures of the decayed body. He presented medical examiners who testified to the types of wounds Bobby sustained, played back Marty's own recorded testimony to the police, where he said that he wouldn't know what to do if Bobby was dead. And he brought up prison witnesses who testified that he had bragged about the murder in jail. He also played Kaufman's police confession, which contained details about the murder none of the other suspects could provide on the stand without incriminating themselves. Marty also didn't help things. He tried to cut a deal with Derek in prison to lie for him on the stand. He dozed off at trial. <laughs> And when he testified, he came off as unmotivated, ungrateful, and unable to show real regret for what he had done. He was given the death penalty for first-degree murder. Derek Kaufman was convicted for first-degree murder and was sentenced to life in prison. Damn. Bye-bye. Donnie Semenik was convicted for second-degree murder and convicted to life in prison. Lisa's lawyer, her new lawyer, was one of those TV lawyers. The family had picked him up after being dissatisfied that their original lawyer, who was a family friend who had come out of retirement to help them, their original lawyer had insisted that Lisa should take a deal with minimal jail time. But the new lawyer got the trial on TV a lot, but at last failed to defend Lisa and she was found guilty of second-degree murder and conspiracy to commit first-degree murder. Which in Florida normally comes with a 20-year sentence, but the judge made an exception and she got life in prison without the possibility of parole. Oh, we should have stuck with the whole fucking family friend. Sorry, yeah. idiots. Oh, boy. Ha-ha. <laughs> her little girl had been born a year earlier than she had been convicted and she named her Megan. Hmm. Sorry, Megan. No, why? You don't like why Megan? You... Oh, I mean, I'm sure there are some great, look, I'm sure there's some great Megans out there. And if you're a Megan, 
and you're listening to the podcast, then you're you're probably cool. But the Megans that I've met in my probably. life are Just... not the best people in the world. I love how I love how you try to say something nice about them, and you were like, "You're probably okay." Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, you know, I, I've just, I, there's a lot, I'm sure there's somebody out there saying that lorries are all trash people, which, you know what, the, the fair point. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> Megan's, Megan's are not the best people in the world. Megan's so. and lorries don't get along, apparently. Yeah. No, no. Heather pled guilty to second degree murder and conspiracy and got seven years. Donnie who tried to lie on the stand for Marty's trial, also pled guilty and got 11 years instead of 7 because of the lie. Allie was found guilty of the same charges and received a 40-year sentence. Update. (laughs) Allie was released after 6 years. Derek Servico served 4 years. Heather served 3 years. Kaufman, Marty, and Donnie remain in separate prisons. Marty's sentence was commuted from the death penalty to life in prison. Lisa served 11 years and was released. What? Yeah. She has since appeared in uh, the show American Justice talking about her case. And then in 2017, she made a Twitter for her upcoming book, Bound by Law, My Side of the Bobby Kent Story. That was 2017, and there's no word on her release yet. (laughs) Yeah. Well, she's writing it one page at a time, so, you know. (laughs) (laughs) One page a year? Yeah. It's uh, going to take a while. Her daughter, Megan, has a TikTok where she often talks about and shows videos of Marty from prison. All right. So I'm not wrong. She believes... (laughs) She (laughs) believes... Well, hold on. She believes her father should be released based on the relentless abuse he received and how that was minimized during the original trial. And it was minimized. The DA, like, when the, when the, when the defense tried to use it as some kind of, you know, like, he was abused, the DA just kind of played it off as a joke, which is a lot easier in A, Florida, and B, the early 90s. And that's it. That's where we're at with the bully murder oh one more this sorry one more thing um you can search for the inmates and the released inmates because god bless florida uh and on the inmate website and some of them have their aliases their nicknames attached to the picture and Derek kaufman's not too bad Derek kaufman who is terrifying his name is king j king j and Derek Servico, who is released, his nickname is Quarter Pounder. <laughs> no. Why didn't he go with, it was on the table. Why didn't he go with Serpico? Because he was, the, he didn't pick it. He didn't choose his name. Prison, oh. prison choose, chose his name. Damn. Oh, prison chooses your name. Oh, That's, I thought you, yeah. That guy was someone's girlfriend. <laughs> Poor Derek. Aww. Poor Derek. He, he had to hold a lot of pockets when he was in yeah. prison. Yeah. Oh, Sup, man. Quarter Pounder? Nothing. 
Yeah. You want to know why I call you Quarter Pounder? Because you're delicious. (laughs) (laughs) And I I got you for 50 cents. I got you for 50 cents. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You're going to be my snack. Ooh, that was a long one. That was a guys. long one. Yeah, that was a long one. I, you know what? I kind of agree with Megan. Um, I think that, yeah, that it's tough because no one in this story is likable, really. I mean, Claudia is the hero of the story. She's like the anti-hero, and she's not even that likable. But Bobby is—he was like definitely an abuser and a terrible human being. Well, what what is unlikable about Claudia? Okay, she just fucking minded her business. Claudia's a champ. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, Claudia. I don't know. I just am kind of lumping. Uh, yeah, I'm being prejudicial because she's <laughs> in that crowd. <laughs> but, but she wasn't. But she wasn't like in it, in it. Yeah. She was one of that. She was like all those other ancillary, you know, like ones on the outside that were like, I don't really mess with those dudes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and uh, thank you to. Uh, Vita Vixen on Instagram for giving us or giving giving me, I should say, Megan's TikTok handle. But it's up there for everybody to see. Oh, sweet. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Thank you guys so much. If you like what you heard, please check out our Patreon uh, at patreon.com slash bloody podcast. Also, please follow us on Instagram at bloody podcast. And yeah, thank you so much. Oh, yeah, have a plug. Oh, yeah, Cash, what's your plug? Hey, uh, uh, check out NCIS this upcoming uh, Thursday to see uh, to see the face that matches with this annoying voice. What? Yeah. Oh, that's great. You should have... Were... Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. Also starting November 12th, see Cash's art exhibit at Gallery 1988 if you're in Los Angeles. Yeah. It's oh, on yeah. Notice. More details to follow very soon. That's awesome. All right. Well, thank you guys so much. All right. Now you guys have a good night. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Bye. Bye. Bye.